So as you watched opening arguments today, what are some of the takeaways? So you have to remember in opening arguments, the attorneys are not really allowed to argue, but they want to paint a picture. It's their first point of influence and really trying to set the scene of the things that they want the jury to believe happened on May 25th, 2020. So I like to think of opening statements as a time to put out some of the buzzwords that they want the jury to be thinking about that they will return to while uh, the actual witness testimony happens. So on one level, the prosecution has that advantage because the prosecution gets to go first. And I was not surprised to see they chose to go with one of their black attorneys. He was quite strong. He was friendly. He was all the things that you want a prosecutor to be. And the buzzwords that I really took from him were excessive use of force. That's the term that he wanted to get out there or the phrase that he wanted to get out there because that's what he will probably in the prosecution will continue to return to. And then as far as Eric Nelson, Derek Chauvin's defense attorney, the buzzwords or buzz line that he really wants to stress is a reasonable doubt. And he says a reasonable doubt is a doubt because the standard in this case, Kevin, is beyond a reasonable doubt. So even if you think something went down a certain way, the jury is charged with trying to take in the evidence and having to prove or see that the prosecution has proved beyond a reasonable doubt. So Eric Nelson early on is reminding jurors or setting the stage that this reasonable doubt language is what he will return to. So those are some initial impressions from opening statements. Now, one side, the prosecutors, they had the, a video, and a video paints a picture really clearly. <laughs> you know, you hit play, and your picture was painted there. Uh, the defense, a, a little more work to do. Um, how impactful was that video, do you think? Right. Well, the thing is, so before, long before this trial, a lot of the video that we've seen or the main video that we've seen is that Facebook video, the Facebook video of Derek Chauvin's knee on the neck in what is a bit of a chokehold situation, which the defense is going to say is part of their training that this is a, a reasonable tactic to use when trying to restrain or arrest a suspect. The other piece of this, though, Kevin, is that, that video actually happens several minutes, maybe close to eight, nine minutes into the events of, of May 25th. So the defense is going to want to show video from the very beginning, which comes off of the body cams of those two rookie officers. And I've seen that video. That video shows that those officers were as respectful as you can be when you are uh, facing a suspect. And you, that video will also show that George Floyd was saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, right from the beginning, not after the knee was on the neck, but right from the beginning. So the tale of different video orders is what I want to tell your listeners they should be thinking about because the prosecution really wants to get you away from that. And that's why in their opening, they talked about George Floyd having a drug addiction trying to soften the fact that we are going to learn more from the medical examiner that there were a lot of drugs in his system and more than you would normally find and definitely lethal doses. Prosecution in its opening statement is trying that, to say. You think that's effective oh, that they're going to try the, the victim? I mean, I don't know what the jury is like or whatever, but just 
on the precipice of we're just going to try to victim that he was this bad guy who was drugged out or whatever. Is that going to be effective in this case, or do you think they should get more on police procedures, say we do these things? Ken, it's not going to be effective. And so that's why it was interesting to me in the opening statement from the prosecution that they really tried to put out there that George Floyd was a known drug user, had an addiction, and they're trying to paint it that way because they feel the defense will try to show its behavior of George Floyd that contributed to his death that night, maybe even caused his death that night. So I believe what we're going to see from the defense, Eric Nelson and his team, is the video from earlier on, the actual minute-by-minute with George Floyd. And when it comes to these different statutes, these three statutes of murder and manslaughter, the jury has to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that each of those elements of the crime actually happened. It is a steep burden on any account for the prosecution because it's beyond a reasonable doubt. But then if you weigh all these things together, the prosecution knows it is not a slam dunk because they can't hinge their whole case on that Facebook video, Ken. How important was the decision on what to charge uh, him with? Uh, they, they went with second-degree murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter, uh, which could be up to 40 years, but more likely about 10 to 15 years. Uh, how, how much decision went into that? Yeah, very important, the charging decision. Now, if you go back to end of the summer of 2020, the original prosecutor on this case, Kevin, was Mike Freeman, the county attorney for Hennepin County, which is the county Minneapolis sits in. He originally had a third degree murder charge. Then when Attorney General Keith Ellison took over the case, and my theory, I'm just saying this, analyzing the, the whole landscape and the optics on things, which is what I do, he really fell to community outcry. They didn't like third degree murder. They really wanted more. So all of a sudden it gets recharged as second degree murder, second degree manslaughter, third degree murder charge went away. Then later in 2020, the defense, or I'm sorry, the prosecution tried to bring that third degree murder charge back up because perhaps as they reviewed their case, they saw it was going to be difficult to convict Derek Chauvin of second degree murder or manslaughter. So the interesting thing and the real win that happened for the prosecution in 2021 during those motions as this jury selection started earlier in March is that third degree murder charge came back into this case. And that gives us probably the best likelihood of a conviction. However, each element of that crime also needs to be found beyond a reasonable doubt for conviction. So it's still an uphill battle for the prosecution. And again, as a public, the narrative has really fixated on that Facebook video. But this jury is looking at things from the moment those two rookie officers met, came across George Floyd, and everything that happened that followed. So all the video from that night will be shown. The medical examiner's reports, other kinds of toxicology and medical testimony, all of those things are what the jury in that courtroom will have. So we can theorize and speculate out here, but it is that jury in the courtroom looking at all the evidence. And the only way there's a conviction is that if beyond a reasonable doubt, the prosecution can prove any one of those three charges. All right, Rashini Rashkumar, attorney and executive crisis coach in Minneapolis. Uh, we may check back with you to see how things are going security-wise around the courtroom and all that stuff and how this case unfolds. Uh, so hopefully you'll be able to uh, come back on the show as this plays out. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Kevin and Ken.